If your life was made a movie, which actor would you hope to play your character? Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program, Develop. It is our absolute honor and privilege to have your company with us as we continue our exploration in this series that we've titled God's Moving Image, God's Moving Image. And you may recall that this entire series is exploring the idea that we as followers of Jesus, we as humans have been created in the image of God. We have been created to live out a sequel uh, of a movie that God scripted in the Garden of Eden this many centuries ago. And uh, in this uh, particular series, we're asking the question, what if you were not only a film, but also a filmmaker involved in your own movie? What if you actually not only a movie, but you are the director who, are, who is co-constructing and co-directing this documentary of your life, a sequel of what God began so long ago? And we mentioned that the idea of being the image of God is not specifically described in the scripture. You're not going to find a chapter that say, hey, here is a definition of what it means to be the image of God. In fact, the entire scripture is left for us to discern and decipher what God is like. And as a result, what his image bearers should be like. But we did notice that throughout the, the scriptures, we have four categories or four different uh, sets of passages uh, that enable us to explore four different aspects of being image bearers, of being the image of God. And we'll put it this way. There are some passages that uh, speak about being the image of God to do with creation, uh, to do with being created in God's image. Uh, and we talked about that in our first session, and we spoke about the idea uh, that we have a purpose uh, that has been, um, you know, uh, designed for us to live, to, to, to interact, to, to relate with God, to represent uh, Him in the world and to reflect His qualities. However, we had a little bit of a twist in the drama, just like every movie that starts with a winding corridor. And uh, we had the fall, which uh, damaged the image and as a result, damage our interactions with God, our harmony with God, damage our ability to reflect His qualities, and damage our um, your role and calling of representing Him in the world. And that basically was the first act in the screenplay. The second act, which is the second set of passages, is speak of the image of God as incarnation. You see, Jesus was the the one who 
perfectly declared to us, illustrated to us the image of God that we were created to bear. He represented uh, the image of God as Hebrew says exactly. He is the exact representation of the image of God. But he also showed us by the way he lived what it means for us to live as image bearers. And that spoke of our potential. Um, so we, we came to the point where we discovered that we have potentiality which enable us to live like Christ in the world. And we said that the goal of Christianity is Christ-like living, not simply a ticket to heaven. You see, all of us who accepted Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, we received a divine DNA. We receive the capabilities, the potentiality to live this type of life in the world. We're not just, uh, you know, uh, took an insurance ticket to get to heaven and we live life as we wish on earth until the day comes where is the celebration of us ending up in the bosom of God. The reality is we are to be transformed. We see as in a mirror as the potentiality that we have because a mirror is different from a window. A mirror re reveals who we are, not only gives us a, a, you know, a view of what is out there. We look in the mirror, which is the Word of God, and we see the potentiality. We see our DNA. We see our capability. We see the thumbprints of, of God over our lives. And we see the glory of the Lord. And we see that the, 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 the qualities, the glory, the, the incredible intrinsic essential nature of Christ is by grace being deposited in us by the Holy Spirit. And as we see that, as we recognize what we actually, who we actually are and what we have, we get transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the idea is we have potentiality, but we need to be transformed to, to reveal on the outside who we are on the inside. So this is exactly what Jesus did. He came to show us God-likeness and deposit within us divine potentiality. He enabled us. You see, uh, if, if, if you're a character in a movie, an actor in a movie or trying to live out a character, a specific character, but you don't have that character, that, that, that person, especially if it was a documentary or, uh, you know, a life story of someone, if you don't have the capabilities of that person, it's so hard to live authentically, to act out, to play out the authentic reality of that person. But Jesus came in order to not just tell us, this is the type of character he should live out. This is what it's like to be the image of God. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to put within you the capabilities so that you could live it out. So we have potentiality and we need to live that in actuality. We have the potentiality, the DNA of Christ within us, and we need to express that out in actuality. So how do we go about doing that? How do we go about living out, expressing, manifesting the potentiality that we have? And each of us 
have the capability to live out what's on the inside of us. But intuitively, uh, we, we go about it in different ways. So uh, if you reflect on, uh, you know, Christians that, you're, uh, that you interact with or in your close circle of friends of even your own life, you probably notice seasons of, of life where you use different ways and different response uh, to the reality that you have the potentiality of Christ's likeness on the inside of you. Maybe at time, you have or you observed others live out uh, that potentiality in an, uh, 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 you know, in some sort of, um, I, I, I would like to say maybe a bit of apathy uh, that, that, that can describe that season of your life where, yes, I understand that I received Christ. Yes, I understand that I made a decision uh, to, to grow uh, in His likeness uh, here, not only uh, in the life after, uh, but maybe you didn't care about it that much. Maybe it wasn't front and center in your life. Maybe it wasn't uh, an ambition uh, that, that, that you know, directed your actions over time. Or maybe you have gone through a season where you were so passionate about growing and being transformed and actualizing what's already on the inside of you, uh, but maybe you adopted the idea of let go and let God. And uh, that season may be symbolized maybe as a passive season where you, 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 you took the idea of the grace of God uh, in such a way that skewed you uh, towards doing nothing about it, not collaborating uh, in any way with the Spirit of God. And, and maybe that didn't bring about the results that you hoped, the transformation that you were looking forward to seeing. Or maybe in one of your seasons, maybe now, uh, that you are so desperate to manifest the life of Jesus that you become very active in various uh, Christian spiritual religious activities. You, you're so determined to participate in, in different worship services, uh, maybe more than once a week. Uh, maybe you're engaged in a small group environment and, 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 and you're lapping up the knowledge and, and, and the discussions and the interactions with other like-minded believers. Uh, maybe you're, you're, you're investing in some voluntary work of ministry or maybe uh, you know, you've given your life all to, to do the work of God. And you're very um, determined that through your activities to see some transformation. But the reality is this, friends, that research tells us uh, that religious, spiritual, Christian activities don't necessarily produce, predict or produce long-term transformation. And that's empirical data that's utterly confronting for us. And if, if I'm honest with you, and if you're honest with me, if we're having a cup of coffee together, you'd say, you know, Peter, uh, taking your, your analogy of the moving image, when I reflect on, on my life, and when I look at the footage of me trying to live out this character, Christ character in my documentary, in my movie, you know what I notice? I notice that I have a problem. There are two controls 
contrasting characters in the raw footage. There are two contrasting characters that I notice in the raw footage. Uh, there, there are times where there is glimpses of the character of Christ that appears through me. I'm able to interact with my family members with, with love and sensitivity. Uh, maybe I'm able to selflessly invest in other people around me. Maybe I'm able to live with humility uh, when, when the temptation of pride comes my way. And maybe you see glimpses of, of, of the fruit of, of Jesus in, in your inner life. But, but when you fast forward the footage, the raw footage, you also see some glimpses of the just you character. You, you, you come uh, out, of, out of the character and live out your own personality on the set. And, and, you're, and you're thinking, how can I eliminate uh, you know, that aspect of me? I want to always be in character. I, I don't just want to act like Jesus uh, sometimes, but then revert to my own life other times. And the reality is there is a solution. An editor allows the character of Jesus to be revealed more consistently in our lives. There must be an editor that looks at our raw footage and say, this is more representative of that character. And maybe the editor can go back and eliminate all these footages from the past, but he certainly can eliminate it showing off in the future. And, and that editor is the third act in the drama, in the big eternal drama of God, which we're going to call it editing at Heart Studios, which is really our partnership with divine editor, our partnership with a divine uh, editor. And, and once we get this, this idea uh, that we can't just basically rely on ourselves to act out, to live out, to play out the character of, of Christ, uh, but we need supernatural intervention and divine partnership. We can precisely uh, live more consistently, act out more consistently, portray more consistently, manifest the character of Christ more consistently and instead of having those two characters competing for screen time. And the reality, this editing uh, um, act, this, this editing uh, uh, you know, opportunity has been spoken about throughout the scripture because people who follow Jesus from the very uh, you know, beginning of, of, of the first century um, after Jesus' death and resurrection, they encountered the same problem. They noticed that there's two competing characters that are vying for screen time in their movie, in their life. And Paul addresses them in, uh, in a book, uh, in a letter known as the letter to the Galatians. And, and in chapter 5, he says this to them. He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So there is flesh and there is the spirit, two different characters and they are in conflict. So, so imagine a movie 
and you're acting the role of a particular character, but every now and again you get out of character, out of sync with the character that you're portraying. But, but, but the other side of it is actually not just a little different, but it's totally contrary to, to the character that you were meant to manifest. And that's a problem in a movie that needs to be sorted out and, and edited out. And Paul is saying to the Christians that deep within you, there is two competing characters that get manifested all the time. And the first character is what we call the flesh. The flesh, uh, I love uh, you know, sharing with our team that our flesh is who we are without Jesus. So we title it the just me character. There's just me life. It's me without the influence and impact of living in, in, in character uh, in my life. So, so I'm, I'm showing off who I am without Christ. The spirit, living in the spirit is the, the, the manifestation of the DNA of Christ, which we call the fruit of the spirit, gets manifested. And those two characters are opposing to each other. That sometimes we do what we don't really want to do in the character that we've adopted, the character of Christ that's within us, that wants to be actualized, that wants to be manifested. And Paul says it's easy to edit out one or the other because the manifestation, the actualization, the living out, the expression of each of those characters is so obvious. So he begins by explaining to us the acts of the flesh. So me by myself, how do I live? He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Like you can't miss them. You can't be mistaken. Is that in character or out of character? They are obvious. It says they are sexual immorality, impurity, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. You know, the, 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 the list is not fantastic. Dissension, faction, enemy. And he says, and alike. So it's not like one, uh, one set of, you know, predetermined outcomes. Anything that's self-centered. Everything that does not represent the character of Jesus, it's me, me, me to, to the detriment of others around me. But then Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And notice here he says, the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of of the spirit. It's almost like a cluster of grapes. One cluster that has so many grapes in it. It is basically the personality of Jesus. The character of Jesus is manifested in love, in joy, in peace, in forbearance, in kindness, in goodness, in faithfulness, in, in gentleness, and in self-control. That's the personality of Jesus. Remember that we said that Jesus came to reveal to us what God is like. That's a description of the qualities of God. But He also came and deposited that seed within us. That means literally you and I because of the grace of God and because of the deposit of the DNA of Christ in us by the Holy Spirit when He regenerated us, we don't notice that we actually have the capability to love, 
to rejoice, to have peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness. That's already on the inside of us. Loyalty, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and the capacity to be self-control in the face of the pleasures of life and the face of the pressures of life. We have that capability. That's the manifestation of the character of Christ. So how do we live that out and eliminate the other is the question. And the reality is we do this in partnership firstly with the Spirit. So disciples participate in the process of transformation, which let's just call it the process of editing, enabled by the Spirit in community. And we'll look at, at each component of the partnership uh, in the next few minutes. But the first one that we want uh, to bring our attention to is that we participate in a process of transformation enabled by the Spirit. The Spirit of God enables us almost like the divine editor that, that persistently and moment by moment uh, enables us to live uh, that personality of Jesus that's already been deposited in us. So He doesn't just deposit it, He enables its actualization. He doesn't just put it in and, and say, I'll see you in heaven. He says, no, I'm going to walk with you step by step, direct you so you could live that out. So Paul in Galatians 5 expresses this by saying, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you will not. And I often, when I used to read this scripture, I thought that it's a two-command type of uh, uh, scripture. It says, one, walk by the Spirit. And then I thought the second one, do not gratify the desires of the flesh, like walk in, uh, in, in, in that a character and don't walk in the other character. But I noticed that it's a result, not a command. He's saying, if you walk, walk is like the, the conduct, daily conduct, the lifestyle. You know, Christianity is often uh, described as a walk uh, because it requires step by step. It's, uh, it's in daily living. And he says, walk by the Spirit. That's the command. Be enabled by the Spirit. And if you do that, guess what? The result is going to be that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That means you will not bring to fruition. You are not going to express. You are not going to manifest those acts of the flesh that are, are driven by a deep-seated desire of self-centered living, pleasures at all costs. Right? So the reality is we walk by the Spirit. Notice here, we walk, but how? By our own abilities, by our own tenacity, by our own wisdom. No, he's saying the Lord has given us the spirit to enable us to walk in such a way that his DNA is manifested in us. Isn't that beautiful? And friends, from the very, very beginning, when God gave uh, Adam and, and Eve the opportunity to choose, they chose uh, you know, to live you know, apart from God and messed up the image that they were created to bear. It was damaged. 
mad. And, and then for the rest of the Old Testament scripture, uh, the Lord gives commands and statutes and, 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 and gives some directions and, 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 and some decrees to help His people to live aligned uh, to, to, to the tendencies of what it's like to reflect God in the world. But he realized that we as humans, uh, you know, God always knew that, but we realized that we keep failing, living up to God's standards or even our own standards, our conscience, according to what is what we perceive to be the right thing to do. So you know what God did in the Old Testament in two uh, different prophecies? He, he mentions that He's going to give us His Spirit and He would write His decrees on our hearts so that we could live out what He always imagined us able of living. He says that that can only happen. It's in Jeremiah and again in Ezekiel that the Spirit of God is the covenant, the new covenant that enables us to live the image that we were created to bear. So the first thing we need to know that the Spirit enables us, edits that mess, that, that contrary characters in our hearts. And again, in Romans, it says this, Therefore, uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You notice that there is a law. It's, it's like, um, uh, you know, uh, we have the law of gravity and we have the law of buoyancy. Uh, it's the same thing with sin. We have the gravity of sin to live for the flesh, to live for ourselves. But the most amazing thing, there is a supernatural law that overwhelms the gravity of sin and allows us to flow the law of buoyancy by the Spirit. And that Spirit sets you free from that uh, uh, tendency to sin, to live based on our own flesh, desires, and passions. So, so the Spirit of God is so desperately required in the life of the believer as we surrender to Him, we'll live the life of Christ more consistently. So when we say, I don't, I don't live in character uh, you know, many hours of my day, we say, you know, the reality is not to try harder only. The idea is that you would surrender to the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to guide the way you walk. Walk by the Spirit and, and allow Him to set you free. The second partners in this process of transformation and editing is that disciples participate in a process of transformation, enabled by the Spirit, that's the first agent, the, the divine partner, in community. We need a community of God's people, like-minded believers, in order to experience that transformation, actualizing the reality of our potential in real life. We need community. We need to partner with people that are totally and utterly in, uh, in, in, in uh, passion and in the purpose of seeing Christ's likeness in each one of their members. And this is how Paul puts it 
Again, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, here Paul makes it utterly clear that our walk with the Spirit, our belonging to Christ is as a body. And we walk together, we live together, and we keep in step with the Spirit. At one stage, I read the idea of uh, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's almost like an army following uh, in the footsteps of the Spirit. And it's, it, an army can't be one person. Uh, you are in the company of other uh, soldiers and the like. You are in it together. Otherwise, you're mincemeat, right? You don't go fight by yourself and say, I am following the Spirit. No, you're actually in a company of people that support, encourage, challenge, and help each other. So we can't just be, and I, and I want to be honest with you, we can't just be in a community where all our connection with other people is impusiting. So we sit together and we shake hands at the start of a service or we talk some small talk after a service or we just, you know, talk about things that are not necessarily related to our, our inner life and growth with Jesus. You see, a community that is following uh, in each other's full step, they crucify the flesh Together they encourage one another. Together they portray an image of what it's like to live like Jesus in the world. And as a result, we can see a trajectory of what I can become because I see what other people are doing. You see, a soldier in an army learns by being in the army what it means to be a soldier. You know, they don't come just with preconceived ideas of what a soldier does. They learn by interaction, by observing other people who are maybe a touch ahead of that particular soldier. You see, in community, we are shaped. So what does a, a, a helpful partnership in community looks like? I want to give you three quick things. The first thing, a community teaches and admonishes one another. They don't just have, a, you know, a, a laissez-faire type of a relationship. They admonish one another. They are serious about where they are going in their relationship with Jesus and they, they encourage each other with the right type of orthodox doctrine. Then they encourage one another with care and support. Uh, they, they are there for each other through care, support and prayer. They don't just say, okay, I'll see you in two weeks time. They are there to support one another uh, throughout the journey of growth. And then they they challenge one another. And that's the bit we, as followers of Jesus, sometimes dislike or say, I I I'm not interested in you challenging me. That's between me and God. And it really is an indication that there is something on the inside of us that is putting reputation ahead of development. So we don't want to get hurt, uh, our reputation to be hurt for the purpose of uh, increasing in manifesting the character of Jesus. So there are three things that I found helpful in healthy communities that encourage each other to live like Jesus. The third partner um, in that 
uh, transformation process is actually the disciple. In a, disciples participate in the process of transformation, surely enabled by the Spirit and surely in community, but they have to play their part. Look at what Paul says in Galatians 5 again. He says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Can you see uh, the, the, the command of participating, of saying no? I'm not going to indulge the flesh. I know that's easy, but I'm going to say no. I'm, gonna, I'm going to participate with the Spirit by fleeing from all shadow of evil. Uh, I might fail sometimes, but I'm going to make every effort. And also, I'm going to uh, put myself out there, participate in the positive aspect by living selflessly, selfling, uh, serving one another humbly uh, in love. So there is the two components of fleeing from evil and pursuing righteousness. And that's a, a, a process where we need to be actively involved in as uh, disciples. You see, again in Romans says, Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death. And again, he says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, no, you put to death. You have a role to do to put to death the things that you used to do when it was just you, life. But now you're in a, in a different uh, season where you're reflecting a different character. So you stop doing those. Uh, put to death. Uh, don't, don't be lenient with that life of self-centeredness, pleasures and sins and a life that does not care about anything but self. Here, say, put to death the, the just me character and allow the Jesus character. And then again in Galatians 3, it says, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, and so on. It says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So here is the negative bit to take old self. But then he says, put on uh, the new self, which is being renewed. In what way, Paul? It says, in knowledge, in the image of its creator. That's in Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 and 10. Take off the old, put on the new. That's uh, the metaphor of a changing of clothing to live according to the image, the character, almost saying, take off the clothes of your, of, of your normal just me character, put on the clothes of Jesus' character, get in character, just get yourself in the, in the feel of being like Jesus in the world. From potentiality, what we have on the inside to actuality, living it out more consistently. We need the spirit and community so we can participate in divine partnership. We can participate together in divine partnership. I have been in, in the wedding industry, in the filming industry uh, for, for years and I discovered the power of editing to make something that messed up to make it look absolutely gorgeous, award-winning uh, type of production. I had messed up a particular uh, wedding video but through a creative way of editing the messed up parts of it, it was an award-winning video in, in the year 2001. And 
And I believe that God is inviting us to enter into partnership with the Holy Spirit, who is the divine editor, to enable us to exhibit uh, the, the, the good parts of, of the character that we're playing and to limit, to take off, to remove, to eliminate gradually the aspects of our life that reveals the just me personality. It is our prayer for you, for each single one of you, for us, for our team, that we would uh, live more consistently in character, that Jesus may be manifested uh, in and through us for the glory of God and the good of His people. Thank you so much for being with us. We pray God's awesome blessing over you and your loved ones until we see you next time. Be utterly blessed.